Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. So let's get started with the Word of God this morning. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to receive what God wants? Fantastic. I'm so excited. Um, we, we're here at the last installment of this series, How to Win Friends and Stay Married. It's been about relationships, not just marriage ones, but if you're single, about those relationships as well, all different kinds. Um, But today, if you've seen the marketing to do with today, we've kind of gone with this title, Bay Goals. Um, And so if you don't spend much time on social media like myself, you wouldn't really have any idea. Yep, getting some nods. You wouldn't have any idea what Bay actually means. Can I get a show of hands? Yep, you're lost like me. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, Bay, so B-A-E, and I think we've got a slide here just so, yeah. Okay, so this word actually means, it's an abbreviation, actually means before anyone else. And so um, it, it's basically to do with, you know, your spouse or your um, best friend maybe or um, your boyfriend, girlfriend, things like that. So when people refer to their bay, it means that significant other. And so if you team that abbreviation with bay and team it up with goals it's basically saying relationship goals and so yeah it's this thing on social media at the moment actually it's been on for quite some time quite some time now um but i I don't recommend um looking this up by the way i made that mistake and there's just rubbish like absolute rubbish out there and so don't do it just take my word (laughs) just take my word um yes good good on you um So basically people will um, take a photo of, um, for an example, I tried to make up some examples, so run with me with this. Um, But say there's a girl who's sick in bed and her boyfriend's just bought her McDonald's. She might take a photo of the bag of McDonald's, post it up and say hashtag bagels because her boyfriend's just bought her McDonald's and like she's winning at life. This is an awesome relationship because her boy, yeah, because her guy's bought her McDonald's. Uh, something else. So um, there could be this really cute picture of a couple standing in the rain together and the guy's giving the girl um, his jacket and she posts up, oh, Bay just gave me his jacket because it's raining, he doesn't want me to get wet. Hashtag Bay goals. It's a goal of her relationship to have a sweet, kind, caring boyfriend. Pretty, pretty, um, pretty funny, if you ask me. Um, so there are a whole bunch of like funny ones, and and I guess more towards the shallow side that you can find. But then there are some cool ones as well that um, people, you know, hashtag, and it's about more deep and meaningful stuff, which is good. It's really, really good. Um, but as I was thinking about this whole thing of bagels, um, I started to kind of think about our relationships and how um, sometimes we can have ideals, right? We can have a list of goals that say if we're able to check those off, if we're, if we're able to achieve those things, then we think, wow, um, we're going to have an awesome relationship. Um, I don't know if, if you've ever done this, but as a single girl, you know, I wrote down a list of um, qualities in a guy or things I would love the guy to do a bit like a bagel um, and and just you know like as as I'd be in a relationship I just think okay I'm ticking these things off but yet you know this relationship just isn't right it just doesn't sit well um, and funnily enough like 
um, when when I got together with Nate, you know, one of the things on my list was um, that the guy would be really romantic and 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 stuff like that. And and no, just to just to his credit, just to his credit, he has really grown in this. Like he, yeah, he's asked me, okay, so what's romantic to you? You know, like he's seeking to learn, and it's fantastic. But when we first got together, he, like. And it's awesome because he's such a logical and practical guy. Um, but for me, that didn't really speak into that whole, you know, like need to be romanced. Um, but it's all good. So we can have we can have those goals, right? <laughs> oh, we're great. We're happily married, aren't we? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't know. After today, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> love you. Um, I'll take a photo of you. Hashtag bagels. Um, <laughs> So, so we can have these ideals, right? And and I think so often we can sometimes come to church and expect, like, I don't know whether you've come today expecting me to just tell you all the goals that Nate and I put in our um, relationship, put put into our life. And, um, you know, you're just waiting for this list of things that you can apply to your relationship for it to be successful. Um, I've found that throughout our relationship, you know, um, we didn't actually set out um, to have too many things in place. In fact, our um, relationship, probably the one goal that we had in mind was the one that I want to speak to you about today. And um, so it's found here in Matthew chapter 6, verses 30, um, 30 to 33, and it says this, Don't have so little faith. Don't worry and say, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? All the people who don't know God keep trying to get these things. And your Father in heaven knows that you need them. The thing you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what God wants. Then all these other things you need will be given to you. Another translation we might be more familiar with says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, in relationships, they can sometimes be a really scary thing to navigate. And like I said, we're looking for this list of do's and don'ts in order to have a successful relationship. But God... Um, I think we all kind of need to get to a point in, in our lives where it's, it's kind of like, okay, God, I don't want to worry about those things anymore, but I want to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And so this morning, um, yeah, I just want to share from my heart, I just want to share um, a bit about what this scripture means. We're going to unpack it today, but I just hope that it would be a real encouragement to you. You know, whether you are single and you're looking for that right one, maybe it's not so much in the seeking of that person or, or um, you trying to be the right person and put yourself into situations that's going to connect you with that person you like or whatever. But maybe it's more of the fact that you just need to seek God first. Maybe you need to seek his kingdom, his righteousness. And maybe your, your child's just transitioning into their teenage years and you're like, man, we were like best friends a couple of months ago, but now we're, we're arguing every day. And, and, and maybe it's more about seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all those answers to those problems that they will come when we seek him first. And so I'm going to break this down this morning. Um, and so the first thing that this passage starts off with, the first instruction that we see is to seek. Now in this um, passage, it's actually less about seeing with our natural eyes, but it's more about seeing in prayer. So actually praying to God, bringing these things to God. You see, when we seek with our, our natural eyes, we... Um, 
we can find solutions to our problems that that um, uh, like our everyday problems type thing. It's like we're looking on one plane, but God has actually given us. Um, the ability to access another perspective, and that is through prayer. It says earlier in that passage that I read, um, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? Sorry to say that here at Lyft, we love food, but I'm sorry. Life is more than just about food. Come on. And the body more than clothes. The body is made for more than just for clothes. You see, when we take things to God in prayer, he gives us a different perspective of our lives. And, you know, Nate and I kind of, between us, we're giving you a running commentary of our life when it comes to selling our house. I think each and every one of you would have heard something about selling our house. Um, but we're still in this process, right? So one thing we're um, doing is selling our house, but we're also kind of planning a family um, and so for Nate, in the last few weeks, the sale of the house has really been in the back of his mind. And for me, starting a family has really been in the back of my mind. And it just got to a point where, um, you know, when you think about something so often that it just becomes all-consuming, you know, you're, you're just, it's like um, every single second of the day, it's just niggling at you and at the back of your mind. Um, and I just found myself getting really bogged down and, and this was just kind of, yeah, consuming me, becoming my world. Um, and then God kind of just tapped me on the shoulder one day. He's like, hey, why don't you pray about it? And so um, I, I prayed and, and I just prayed for our family, prayed for our house. And it's like God, um, well, that's exactly what God did. He gave me a greater perspective. And so what God wanted me to be um, experiencing and learning in this season was contentment, to actually have contentment in every season of life. It's something so valuable for us to learn. But I wasn't able to see that. I wasn't able to access that contentment without praying first, without going to God in prayer. And so, um, I mean, that's just one example, but what does it look like to seek in prayer when it comes to those really important things like relationships? Because they are important. Whoever you join yourself with in life, it's going to determine the way you go in life. Um, and so it's a really important thing. So what does that look like to seek for relationships? First of all, the definition um, of seeking that I found, it's, it's to pursue with intention to obtain that thing that you're seeking after. So to seek, we need to be intentional. You know, it's like um, when you uh, say you're going to catch up with someone, you write it in your diary, you put in the time, because if you don't, it's not going to happen, right? So it's the same thing with God. Be intentional about making that time with him, locking it in in your calendar to pray, to seek him. And the second thing, pray with the language of pursuit. You know, um, Sandy shared this morning, if you were at prayer meeting, so awesome, a word about coming into the presence of God with faith. That's how we can pursue God. That's the language that we're supposed to use, faith-filled language. When you pray to God, are you, are you praying um, with a sense of doubt or maybe with laziness even? Um, but God wants us to come into his presence with faith, to pray with faith, believing that he is actually able to do what he has promised to do. And the third thing, 
We're supposed to pray to obtain, right? So we keep on going until we've obtained that thing that we're seeking God for. So we don't give up in prayer. You know, so many of us, and myself included, it's very easy to just give up. And, um, and you know, when you're just not hearing from God and not hearing those answers, it's very easy to just give up and like, okay, whatever, whatever will be, will be. But God's saying, no, persevere, chase after me, pursue me, and I will give you a sense of peace or I'll give you that thing that, I've promised. We seek. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to us as well. So that's the first thing, seek. The second understanding that's crucial to, to, to outworking this goal in our life is to put God first. It's so important that, that we get... Um, yeah, that we get this perspective of putting God first rather than second, because we can seek Him, but if it's not if we don't seek Him first, then um, then it's like our prayers are powerless. So Proverbs three verse six says, "In everything you do, put God first, and He will direct you and crown your efforts with success." I love that verse. How many of you are really encouraged by that verse? God is so good. You see, there is a special blessing that God reserves for us when we put him first in our life. I've got a bit of a um, contrast for us this morning, and it's found in the Old Testament. Um, there were two men, one named Abraham, one named Moses. Maybe some of you are familiar with these people, but both men had an a massive call of God on their life, like it was worldwide kind of scale. Um, but both of them were tested at certain points, um, tested whether they would put God first or, or, you know, their own will or somebody else's will. And so for Abraham, when it came to him being tested, he chose to put God first. And the result of that was that his son's life was spared. This was like life or death for his son. So his son's life was spared. But as well, Abraham lived out those promises that God had spoken over him. God told him that he's going to be a father of nations and that actually came to pass because he put God first but you see our friend Moses he didn't put God first when um, in this particular test and so what ended up what hap- what was happening was that um, God had commanded the Israelites which was Moses's people he had commanded them to um, circumcise every son of theirs and it was because circumcision was a mark of God's covenant with the people saying that I will be your God so it was really, really important then to have each of your sons circumcised. But it must have been that the wife saw the first son getting circumcised and was like, oh my goodness, why Moses are you putting your son through this? This is horrible. And so Moses kind of like with a bit of arguing and stuff, he, he just gave in. And, you know, he listened to his wife, and yet God had commanded him to circumcise his son. But anyway, what happens is, is that the Bible says that God came to kill Moses. That was the um, punishment for, because he hadn't done what, what God had asked him to do. He didn't put God first, but he put his wife's opinion above God. And so... Don't don't freak out too much. No one's, no one's gonna you know be struck dead right now. Hope not. Because um, the thing is, we're not under that law anymore. That we don't you know get those consequences anymore. 
<laughs> I feel like, although, <laughs> no, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're not under that same law, but the principle still applies. When we put God first in our life, everything comes into order. Um, I don't know if many of you are familiar with Pastor David Storer, but he, um, he has this illustration of when you're doing your top button up of your shirt, if you get that one right, every single button comes into order. But you get that one wrong and you're, you've ended up with, you know, this awesome artwork going on. Um, so it's a matter of putting God first and everything comes into order. And, you know, Nate and I have seen um, God's faithfulness in this, um, in our personal finances. And I know this is a big deal for people because... Um, Money allows us to live, you know. Um, but God has proven himself. Uh, a couple of years ago, oh, first of all, just to set it up, so um, we believe in the principle of tithing. The tithing is giving God the first 10% of the income that comes um, comes into your account. So every time that um, we get paid, we send the first 10% to God. We send it straight off to church um, as our offering, as our tithe. And so... Um, when uh, and, and God honors this, the Bible talks about it in so many passages. But God honors the fact that we give Him our first ten percent. And so, a couple of years ago, I think it was a few years ago, I was on staff at our previous church, um, working four days, and then um, just due to position changes, I dropped down to work one day. And so there, we had to kind of shift and um, and rebudget things. And even in the last three years, we've had. Um, just unexpected bills you know how you have really large bills that come in and you just hadn't budgeted for them they weren't accounted for um, but in all of these situations God came through God was so faithful and he provided for us what we needed but on top of that he would bless us as well I remember this one week where God just like every couple of days there was a financial blessing and and it wasn't um, that we needed something but it was more that he was just rewarding us he just wanted to give something to us his kids and so and so God honors that first when we give him first give things to him first when we seek him first so what does seeking first his kingdom look like it means that we go to him in prayer before striving after anything else and you'll find that when you go to him first in prayer you don't actually need to strive after anything else anyway and like Abraham we're not looking for alternatives to doing his will but we're putting his will first and in the example of the tithe we're giving God our first and our best that's what seeking first his kingdom looks like the third and last point for this morning we need to know in pursuing this goal is God's kingdom and righteousness is the target. That's what our eyes are focused on, what they're fixed on. You see, there's, uh, when we seek God's kingdom, we are seeking a higher way of living according to God's ways, according to his culture. So I'm going to unpack this a little bit because it's quite a big theme. Um, but basically when we are physically born, we're born into this world and we come under this kingdom um, of earth and, and you know, we, are, um, we have this thing called a soul and it's our flesh um, and we basically just go about, we exist around our normal earthly activities like eating, sleeping, working, having a family, buying a car, all that kind of stuff. And we are governed, we are actually... Um, 
yeah, governed by our flesh nature. So it's the part of us that wants to be in control. It's the part of us that wants to be our own God. Um, and it's actually the part of us that causes us to rebel against God and to sin. That's the normal nature that we're born into, the normal kingdom. But the awesome thing, the good news of the gospel is that it doesn't have to stay that way. Because you see, when we operate out of our flesh, it leads to sin, which the Bible tells us leads to death and destruction. That's our um, predetermined way to go, I guess. Um, But the thing is with Jesus, when we ask Jesus into our heart, into our lives to be our Lord, then all these things change. We actually come under a new kingdom. The Bible talks about it as we are reborn. We're reborn into God's family and into his kingdom and into his way of living. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 describes it as, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when we are born again, God calls us to live this way. We're no longer governed by the flesh. You know, if you're going through a really difficult time in life where you should be grieving, where you should be depressed, if you're living out of God's kingdom, then you can still have joy in that situation. You know, if if there's just turmoil in your life, just problems left, right and centre, instead of being weighed under that and getting carried away with worry and concern, you can actually have peace when you belong to the kingdom of God. God. And so hand in hand with with seeking God's kingdom, that higher way of living, we also seek God's righteousness. And righteousness basically means right standing with God. And that's um, how, how we seek that is by asking Jesus to come and to reign in our hearts. That's what it means. And when Jesus does that, he transforms us from the inside out. It's not about getting our behavior and our actions right and holy, but Jesus is actually doing a transformative work in us and he's changing us to be more like him, more into his likeness. That transformation helps us to deny that part of us that wants to sin and rebel against God. And instead, we end up bearing good fruit like love, joy, peace, patience. And the Bible talks all about that as well. And it's from this place of seeking God's kingdom, his higher way of living, seeking his righteousness, Jesus reigning in our hearts, that our relationships are truly blessed. If you think about it, instead of having a list of things to do and goals to achieve, when you're just seeking God first, when you're seeking his way of living that's above this way on earth, when you're seeking Jesus to reign in your heart, that's when good fruit's going to come out of your life. That's where healing's going to flow for your relationships. That's where restoration comes from. That's where redemption comes from. And so it's all about all of our issues, all of our problems. If we were just to seek God first, seek his kingdom first, then all of these things will come into alignment. God covers us and he helps us out with those things. You know, I know this isn't that cut and dry list of goals um, that will direct your relationship, but I can guarantee that this works, that this will be the one thing throughout your life that will work for your relationships, work to heal, to restore, to redeem, um, and, and also not, not just to do that healing work, but this this seeking God first will actually cause your relationships to thrive. It causes you to thrive. And as you do, life flows out of you and into the people around you, into the relationships around you. So we seek first. 
God's kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will, will come into place. So in closing, I would love um, to just ask you a personal question. Um, and the question is this, is Jesus reigning in your heart this morning? Have you come in here wanting to be the Lord of your own life? Have you come in here wanting to get everything sorted, everything in control with your relationships? Or is Jesus reigning in your heart? Is he the one that you've entrusted your relationships to this morning? You know, we can go out of here and we can continue to seek sources. Maybe you've come here this morning to seek a message that will help your relationships and, and you might go out and continue to seek other sources or, or go and look on the internet for bagels. Please do not do that. Um, for advice on, on your relationship. But those things just, it, to be honest, it'd be a waste of time. It's this one thing that we all need. It's this one goal that we all need. And... The best thing is that this whole idea, this whole um, seeking God first and his kingdom and his righteousness, this is actually a gift to us. The thing is we don't need to actually do anything to have Jesus come and reign in our heart except to ask, to invite him in. You see, Jesus paid the price on the cross for our sin, for our shame. He reunited us with God because our sin separated us from God. He's done all the work. So all we need to do this morning is actually ask Jesus to come in, to reign in our life and to help us navigate our relationships. And so I'll just as a um, thing of respect, I'd just love for everyone to bow your head, um, close your eyes. Because as I ask this question again and, and you feel that tug on your heart that, yep, uh, I want to ask Jesus into my heart because I want his help with my relationships. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want to live that higher way, that kingdom way. And I want Jesus to reign in my heart. If that's you this morning, just in a moment, I'll get you to lift up your hand. And that's just basically to say, yep, I want that. And so thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.